This is Jay Baer from Convince and Convert. Welcome to season six of Social Pros. If you want to learn how big companies succeed with social media, you found the perfect podcast. The show is brought to you by Salesforce Marketing Cloud, inspiring one-to-one connections with your customers through social, mobile, email, web, and advertising. The show is also brought to you by Yext, whose award-winning location management platform helps companies of all sizes drive more foot traffic to their doors and get more customer reviews. And by Convince and Convert, social media strategy advisors and counselors to the world's most interesting brands. Convince and Convert makes your social better. My co-host for the show is Adam Brown. Find all links, archives, and more at socialpros.com. Are you ready? Let's get to work. Welcome, everybody, to Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real work in social media. I am, as always, Jay Baer, founder of Convince and Convert, joined, as usual, by my special, special Texas friend. He's from the great city of Austin. He is the executive strategist for Salesforce Marketing Cloud. He is the one and only Mr. Adam Brown. Jay, hello from Austin via Nashville, Tennessee. Happy New Year. It's going to be a great one, isn't it? It is. I am super excited about 2018. More changes in the world of social media. Some good, some maddening. It keeps us employed. Here we are on episode 298 of this esteemed program. How about that? Uh, Two points on that. One, Adam and I are prepping our special 300th episode week where we're going to do four live shows uh, that you'll be able to tune into on Facebook Live. Be listening for details on that. Also go to socialpros.com and we'll keep you informed there. So super excited. We're going to bring back a lot of past guests, even previous hosts uh, on the program. It's going to be a big celebration here in a couple of weeks. Really fired up. And two, I have had so many people, Adam, just in the last 30 days, I think maybe people listen to more podcasts over the holidays because they got a little more time. Makes sense. I've had so many people email me, tweet me, hit me on LinkedIn saying, I just discovered your show. I love your show. I just binge listened to eight social pros podcasts. And so even though we've been doing this show for like seven years or some crazy thing now, 298 episodes, there's still new listeners every time. And Adam and I welcome each and every one of you to the program. Thanks for being here. We do. And, and the fact that you just articulated uh, almost celebrating our 300th episode, for those who do just join us and hear about us for the first time, there is plenty of binge material waiting for you at socialpros.com. Yeah, if you've got nothing to do for the next 245 hours, you can go to socialpros.com and listen to every every show we've uh, we've ever done. So if maybe uh, you, you're looking for work and uh, you want to kind of brush up, this would be a great opportunity. You know who's not looking for work, though? Is, is our guest on the show today because they have an unbelievable take on social listening. It is really fascinating. We're super glad to have on the show here on episode 298, Carlos Garcia, who is the CEO of Hyper, a geo-local social listening platform that is transforming how big brands interact with their customers and potential customers in social Carlos, welcome to the program. Wow, thank you for that introduction. I am fired up to be here with both of you. I am a fan of the podcast and both of you, so thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Why don't we start off, Carlos, just by having you in your own words frame up for our audience how Hyper works, because it is a different take on social listening. I think probably everybody who tunes into Social Pros has a, at least a cursory knowledge of how conventional social social listening works using software to, to tune into tweets and Facebook posts and Instagram posts and 
LinkedIn posts, etc., using hashtags or key phrases. But Hyper does it a lot differently. How, how so? Sure. So, Jay, basically, the, the way that we think about this is that social networks have gone mobile. And that mobility over the last decade has unlocked a treasure trove of location-specific data. Now you have a lot of social networks that are mobile only. So the geodata of a post on Instagram, uh, an Instagram story, a snap, all of that is giving us signals of what is happening at a specific location. And we have reached a moment of critical mass where there is enough of that data for us to make it actionable. And uh, what is fascinating to us is that for the longest time, and I've been doing this for a long time, as, as both of you have as well, social media has been about the who, when, and what. Who is posting? We follow people. You know, we see when they are posting. We see what they are posting about. But now, the where they are posting from is not just incremental. It's an entirely different dimension because when we start with the where and when we start with the location, we now see the entire community that is on location in real time. And that is extremely valuable for businesses that have locations and have experiential uh, businesses like hotels, restaurants, and, and so forth. That location provides so much context. If you know where somebody is, you can infer a great deal about what they might need in that particular moment. So the way it works then is that Hyper provides a hotel, a restaurant, a, a venue, an airport with a dashboard that then surfaces all of the social media content being produced within that location based on a, a geofence, presumably. And, and, and do you guys set that geofence up? Yes. So, so far we've been in business for uh, just over two years now. We have set up over 70,000 geofences. Wow. Um, think of every single Marriott hotel around the world, 6,400 hotels uh, in, in their portfolio that we have a uh, geofence for them. And, and you're absolutely right. We surface everything that is posted from that location, regardless of hashtags and mentions, and in many cases, even regardless of geotags. So we get to show them everything that is unfiltered that is going on at their property. What's fascinating is that hashtags and mentions only make up about 3% of that content. So it's orders of magnitude, more signals that they are getting of the people who are on location that are not necessarily mentioning their brand or directing a message at them. And it's basically they're just sharing their experiences publicly for the rest of the world to see. Abs, I could not agree with that more. I wrote about that a lot in my book, Hug Your Haters, this idea that in so many cases, you have a, a dissatisfied customer who might say, this restaurant sucks, doesn't tag the restaurant, doesn't use a hashtag, doesn't even have location services turned on. But yet using a tool like Hyper, you may be able to find that expression of dissatisfaction and actually reach out to that customer and interact with them before they leave the premises. And, and our thinking is that we can go beyond just being reactive to something negative. And what we are seeing is that the vast majority of the experiences that are being shared, let's say from a Marriott property in Hong Kong, are positive. You know, like people are having fun, you know, like they are. And, but it's still an opportunity for, for us to be proactive, you know, like for the marketers to acknowledge that the best marketing is a friend's recommendation. And when you, when you understand that the best marketing is that someone that is currently at your hotel has a good experience so that they can share that with the world. Now we open up 
to proactive social engagement and, and the benefit of, of doing that. And I, I wish that more brands around the world were embracing that proactivity. And so it really gives the the property then or the venue almost a surprise and delight opportunity machine, right? Because it says, here's people who are, are posting social content of satisfaction in, in your example and say, I really love the pool here. And then the property can reach out and interact with that guest via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, or do something really special for them behind the scenes that takes their expression of satisfaction and, and concentrates it and amplifies it and doubles, doubles down on it. Is that sort of the primary use case for, for Hyper today is to, is to amplify satisfaction? Absolutely. That, that is absolutely right. So we think of being surprisingly human. We talk a lot about how brands today have the opportunity, particularly companies that have locations, are finally in a position to bridge the digital and physical experiences and be surprisingly human uh, with their guests and elevate their experiences. And, and that is our main focus. And, and we track what we call return on engagement. So typically, we talk about ROI. And ROI is, is an extension of ROI. So ROI is basically money in, money out equation of we put all this investment in digital, we get new bookings for a hotel, let's say. Um, but ROE is now that you have that sweat equity going in of proactively engaging and elevating the experiences of your guests or guests or your fans at a stadium, now you start seeing that return on engagement come back to you in multiples, because now they are mentioning the brand, and maybe before they were not. Now they are following your social profiles directly and becoming an advocate as a, as a consumer. And, and that is really the benefit that a company like Marriott International uh, and many others of our clients are seeing by being proactive on social media. Does the hyper system that 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 pulls in social content from a, a defined geography, does that integrate into other social listening platforms that aren't geo-specific or does a particular brand need to run parallel systems? So they might have um, Social Studio from Salesforce. They might have Sprinkler or Spreadfast or Sysimos or, or, or any of the other programs out there. And then they would run Hyper in parallel. So we play very well with Social Studio and other platforms. And, and our thinking here is that we are not going to become a social media listening platform uh, in the broader sense of, of, the, of, of that description, right? So we are not going to manage, you know, like your publishing workflow and the approvals of that publishing workflow for your own social channels or listen to specific hashtags. We are looking at social media as a nexus to deliver customers, on location in real time. And, and, and that is, a, for many companies, that is a multi-billion dollar problem. When, when you look at hotels, for instance, and we could spend a lot of time talking about Marriott International and other uh, hotel companies like Hard Rock Hotels, but they only know about 20% of their guests. And, and those are the guests who book directly with them. Uh, the, the ones that book through OTAs like uh, Booking.com or an Expedia, all they get is a name, a last name, and a reservation number. So for them to have line of sight of the experiences that their guests, whether they book directly or book through an OTA, they are that those guests are having on property 
it gives them the opportunity to, again, you know, like surprise and delight and take that relationship to the next level. Some of that ultimately makes it to a social studio because now you are requesting UGC from a guest and now you have that guest um, content library that you can bring to social studio and now you can amplify that content on your own social channels or through paid social as well. And, and the clients that are doing that, the partners that are doing that, are seeing that that UGC is performing six to seven times better than the typical photo of the lobby uh, of the hotel and, and when they post it on, on, on social. What type of, of social platform is is most prone to this kind of geo-driven, location-based uh, analysis? I, I presume, especially given your emphasis on, on hotels so far in your customer mix, that, that it's Instagram, but maybe that's not the case. My, my assumption is that people take more Instagram photos of the pool, of the lobby, of the awesome thing, uh, and that that would be a place that you could get a lot of content surface, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's, maybe it's still uh, Twitter or Facebook just because of the size of the platform. I'm just interested to see what you're seeing. So Instagram dominates in, in this space, you know, geosocial data, mainly because people are sharing experiences when, whenever that experience is going to elevate their social profile, right? So, so if I am at a hotel, I want to communicate to the world that I have this amazing view from this property in, in, in the Caribbean or, or in Asia. And, you know, like those, those are the things that make it to Instagram. And, but, but at the same time, that keeps... So, so Instagram is definitely the dominant social network in geosocial today. Um, we are also seeing a lot of data from Twitter as well, and, um, and also a lot of opportunities to elevate experiences on Twitter as well. And in Asia Pacific, we look at uh, Weibo as, a, as, a, as another dominant social network in that part of the world. So uh, in that case, Weibo tends to be about 50% of the social activity that we capture from a property. I don't know if this is true. I have just a, a question. I should have uh, checked on the site. Can can Hyper pull in stories on Instagram or, or only distinct posts? So there are different ways for us to see stories, um, um, but mainly today it's the posts that are geotagged, that are persistent on the social network that we surface. And, 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 and it has more to do with how persistent that content will be, you know, as opposed to something that is ephemeral and will disappear in the next 24 hours. So, um, and, and that is the content that we have been focusing on. Yeah, I think that makes perfect sense. I have one more question, then Adam's going to ask a few as well. Uh, we had, uh, as a guest on the program, and, and at one point at the very beginning of Social Pros as a sponsor on this podcast, uh, Geofedia. And Geofedia was a, a pioneering uh, kind of location-based listening platform that did something similar to, to what you're doing at Hyper. But then Geofedia wound down because Twitter and Facebook sort of revoked their their listening privileges. And, and I just wanted you to comment on that and, and talk about how this particular industry has, has evolved and, and how Hyper... Uh, has, has sort of shot, slingshotted past those issues? Yeah, I, I love that question because the reality is that it's what you do with this data that, that matters and when it comes to privacy, when it comes to... And we have a mission to make marketing efficient for the business, but also delightful for consumers. We, we are a company with a heart in its logo. And uh, I think that what Geophilia, uh, unfortunately for them, you know, like what they were... Uh, doing was providing access to geolocation 
um, of people during uh, uh, during a rally, during a political protest, or um, and and that um, that got them into trouble with the um, American Civil Liberties Union um, because because basically they were they were sharing information that was more about profiling a person. In our case, we are looking at the 2.5 billion posts that are shared publicly on social media on a daily basis. And we are matching the location of that to places where a marketer is ultimately going to want to elevate an experience for that for that person, whether it's a Oracle Arena where the Golden State Warriors play or at Yankee Stadium or at a Marriott Hotel or Hard Rock Hotel. And, and all of those, you know, like are places where you can actually elevate an experience. And our use case is for marketers that want to be the best marketers that they can be. Um, and a big part of that is acting as a friend, uh, not as a, um, not as a, you know, like big brother overlooking uh, and what people are doing. So that that is basically the, the main difference between what we do and what other platforms have done with similar technologies. And Carlos, I want to kind of go back to one thing you said, because I think it's it's really important and it was it resonated with me. You are only seeing the public post. So in your instance, you're not seeing any special feed from a Twitter or a Facebook or Instagram. You're pulling the public data, you know, the, the public feeds and finding ways of uh, adding and appending geo or location based data to them. Is, is that a correct uh, assessment? That, that is correct, exactly. So, so we are only finding needles in a global haystack of, of social activity and aggregating them by location as opposed to by hashtags and mentions. And what is very powerful for the business is that it keeps them the pulse of what is going on on location. We do a lot of benchmarking. So if you go to geosocialindex.com, we actually publish, it's kind of like the cloud score for venues. We aggregated the social activity of each of the top 60,000 hotels around the world, and we rank them based on social activity. And in order to do an apples-to-apples apples comparison, we look at capacity of those properties. In the case of a hotel, um, capacity will be measured by number of rooms. And in the case of a stadium, it will be measured by seats. You know, And, 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 and that way, we can do an apples-to-apples apples comparison and say, a property that, let's say, has 1% of the rooms in the world, which would be impossible, right, with too many rooms, you would expect that that property has 1% of the social activity across all those 60,000 hotels in the world. Turns out that that is hardly the case. And if, if you look at it, you'll find that there are many hotels in Vegas, for instance, like the Cosmopolitan in Vegas, that is, is usually within the top 10 on a daily basis for social activity because there is so much that is happening at that particular property um, in proportion to the number of rooms that it has. That's, that's really interesting. I'm smiling on this end because it makes me think of really interesting kind of case studies or, uh, or, or studies that you could do. For example, now we can recognize that someone at a hotel, any hotel is going to have happy posts and not so happy posts. And when I'm talking about posts, I'm not just talking about people talking about the property, but people just having good or bad times. It would be interesting to use your technology to find out, okay, what is the happiest hotel in the world? Which 
hotel has, if you look at all the posts that are posted there about the hotel and about everything else, has the highest level of sentiment. I would assume, you know, with your technology, you could do something kind of like that. You, you are right. You know, like, I mean, what has changed is that today we have AI and machine learning and we have so many tools that we didn't have before to understand what is going on um, within all of this content that is being shared from a specific location. And, um, you know, typically in social, we tend to think of the negative things that people are, are, are posting about and uh, how do we mitigate a crisis or how do we, um, uh, the other day, and this is an anecdote, I won't mention the, the brand, but uh, it was an airline very close to uh, headquarters, very close to where you're based, uh, Adam, and there's only a few of those. So, and we were at their command center and we were seeing, you know, like everything that they have set up, you know, like they have dozens of people dedicated to social care, customer care for, for the airline. And they were talking about how they manage thousands of posts on a daily basis and they address thousands of posts on a, on a daily basis, which is great. Uh, but all of those are reactive. All of those are people that miss their flight, that are angry because they, they you know, weather got in the way of them getting to their destination and, and they are blaming the airline. You know, like, so, so the airline is in survival mode. When you think of that Maslow hierarchy of needs, you know, like I... I I associated uh, that situation to being in survival mode at the bottom of that hierarchy of, of, of needs, you know, like, and, um, and then we open up Hyper, you know, like, and we show them their, um, their lounges at the terminals that they fly out of, you know, like, and what people are posting from the terminals. And it's about a hundred times more content than what they are receiving inbound every day and responding to every day. And for the most part, it's all positive. It's people that are going on their honeymoon. It's people that are finally going back home to see their family over the weekend, you know, like, and, and things like that that are, are, are very joyful. And I said, well, as a marketing hacker, a uh, good hacker, of, of course, you know, like if, if I were the CMO of this company, for every one negative post that I have to respond to, because it's our job to do so, I would respond to three or five positive ones. I would engage people proactively to tilt the scale of something that is perceived as a as a negative brand in social media to something that is very positive and uplifting. So, so I think that that is the opportunity that we have today with geodata is to to basically focus on the positive and focus on how we drive the business rather than just how we respond to the negative in a reactive way to mitigate uh, bad situations. I like that idea. Uh, I like that idea because it's, it's, it's a little bit of the art and the science. We so often choose to, to kind of focus on the science. But when you have that technology, when you have that capability, you're able to do that. You're able to ce celebrate the wonderful experiences your customers have and, and in no way detract from your responsibility as, as you articulated to respond to customers that are not having, uh, not having a good experience. Now, to make all that happen, you've got to have, again, the science. And that's one thing, Carlos, I want to I ask you a little bit more about. Because one of the things that, that I've kind of recognized is people outside of the social media space kind of assume that we have the ability to track everything, that we're tracking every post and every tweet, and there's geodata on, on everything. We can even tell where in the house they are. And of course, that's not necessarily the, the case. And that's certainly not the case with almost all posts. 
But what you have done with Hyper is you're, you know, you're creating kind of new proprietary technology to do this. I know you've got a couple of patents. What, without getting into the details, what is the secret sauce that's letting you kind of be able to append this geo and local data to posts where, again, a brand isn't mentioned, location sharing isn't on? It sounds, you know, like there's a lot going on there to do something which sounds on the on the on the service to be very simple. Yeah, there, there goes. I mean, it's a ton of processing that we have to do to be able to. Um, to do this, but as you said, we have filed uh, about seven patents around location resolution of social media posts without geotags. You know, like and, and the patent is, is very descriptive of, of of what it is. But basically, we look for signals, and, and you're absolutely right. You cannot listen to the 2.5 billion posts that are being shared publicly on a daily basis. You know, it would be impossible to process all of that. But we we look at signals of is this person a guest at this property? You know, like, and, and then can we can we see what this person is posting publicly uh, during this period of time? You know, like, and things like that. And, and that way, it's it's not really um, a, a matter of, of how much content we are processing. It's processing the right content and, and understanding what is going on there. Nowadays, um, there is so much technology that we didn't have even a couple of years ago or even a year ago, we didn't have a lot of the ability to do machine learning at, at scale and computer vision and all of these things that, well, in, in, in your case, you know, with Einstein and all the work that uh, Salesforce is also doing, you know, you, you get to have a lot of that in the marketing cloud platforms that uh, we have today that we didn't have even a year ago or two years ago. One last question before uh, before I I hand it over to to Jay because you know, I think you're exactly right. This is happening at such a rapid pace, and here we are, uh, two episodes away from our 300th episode of Social Pros, and we already talked a little bit about some of the initial sponsors of the show. But if we were to harken back, Carlos, to Jay's first show, episode number one, seven years ago, we would have been probably talking about and. Jay, I definitely think we should do this. We should go back and look at the things that we were talking about in the first shows. But we were talking about Foursquare. We were talking about a lot of geo tools. They're not around, you know, at least as they were anymore. Carlos, what did the Foursquares and the likes do wrong? What did they get wrong about geo? Or were they trying to be too much to too many people? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so, um, well, first of all, I have to say I'm... Uh, I've been a huge fan of Dennis Crowley and the work that he did at Dodgeball and Foursquare in the early days. You know, like, I mean, I, I think that that was the genesis of a lot of what we are seeing today. In a way, you could say uh, it was too early. Um, and we can talk about critical mass and what is critical mass for a marketer, you know, in terms of quantity of signals for them to be able to gravitate to a platform and say, okay, now we are going to build marketing programs around this. Uh, and I think that that is one part of, of the equation. You know, I think that um, Foursquare, at, at one point, they they were more focused on becoming a social network themselves than powering all of these for marketers, right? So when I meet with some of the more sophisticated marketers that we get to engage with today, they often reference Foursquare and they say, this is what I was hoping Foursquare would have done for us back in the day. And, and and I think that it's it's just a generational. There's been you know like what eight years or so in between, 
I think that now with the rise of Instagram, with the rise of stories and Snapchat and all of this, now we're not depending on one app that is telling us location. All the social networks have location data that are being shared publicly with the world. And, and, and basically because the user has decided to share that data with their friends and followers, and in some cases publicly with, with everyone else. So that, that, is, uh, that, that uh, to me has been the biggest change from that genesis. And, and you could argue that Dennis in a way was the father of all of these because they did power the, the geo data for a lot of the social networks that are dominant today. So, so I, I think that, you know, like I don't have anything negative to say, other, you know, like that at some point they could have become what we are. The company's still doing really well, right? I mean, Foursquare is still an incredibly viable company. It's just now a B2B company more so than a B2C company, right? They're still supplying data to lots of other social networks and lots of other companies. So it's not as if Foursquare is not a, a good company. It's just a different uh, company. But it, one of the things you said was really interesting, Carlos, this idea that consumers are are more likely to share location data in their social content. And that's to Adam's point earlier, I, I very much remember the time in the history of this program when there was a lot of discussion with guests about, geez, I don't know if people are ever going to share their location because consumers have privacy concerns and things like that. And, and certainly that is largely uh, an issue that that has been that has been put to bed. I mean, the consumers are, are more and more willing and eager to share location data, which obviously makes it easier for Hyper to do the things that you're doing. And, and what has changed also is that consumers are not doing that by accident. You know, it's not like they left location enabled. It's, uh, Instagram purposely in the UI is asking the user, "Do you want to tag the location?" And you cannot tag your home. You know, like you cannot tag you know like a, a location that is uh, is not uh, a business. Um, but then you have all these places, IDs within Facebook, location IDs that are hotels, that are restaurants, you know, that are, and actually, I don't know if you noticed this, but about three, four weeks ago, Facebook relaunched their events app and they named it Facebook local. And I, I see that as a, as a huge signal of how important geosocial data is going to be. I, I I honestly think that geosocial data is going to guide our experiences. And we're not far from that. I think that we are already experiencing that today. So from the restaurants that we go to, the hotels that we stay at, all of that is going to be guided, not just by the TripAdvisor review or the Yelp review. It's going to be guided by where have my friends been? Where are uh, most people going to? What are people posting? What is Beyonce posting when she stays at a hotel in New York, you know, like, well, maybe I want to stay in, in places where, you know, artists that I am a fan of, you know, like stay, you know, like, and things, things like that are going to guide our experiences going forward. And even today, I can tell you that I have conversations and, and because of the type of business that we are building, we get exposure to having conversations with amazing CMOs and amazing CEOs and, um, the other day, I was meeting with uh, the, the CEO of a, a, a very prestigious uh, restaurant group uh, here in the Bay Area, in San Francisco, based in the Bay Area, but they have restaurants all over the world, Michelin-starred restaurants and Sagat-rated, all, all of that. He was saying how the top referrer, the, the most referrals that they get for booking tables is actually Instagram. And I can tell you, 
in a focus group of one, I, I may book through OpenTable, but I actually go to Instagram to see what are people posting from there. I, I don't go to Instagram to see what the restaurant is posting. I don't really care that much about what the restaurant is posting. I care about what people are posting from there. And when I look at Facebook local, I see a first iteration of a Yelp killer. I think I see a first iteration of something that is going to be so much more powerful than reviews. And I've studied this, you know, like, I mean, I, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm a geek, I'm, I may geek out here for a moment uh, about this because um, <laughs> I've been studying this for the last two years since we started building Hyper. And in the hotel business, one out of every 2,000 guests, one out of every 2,000 leaves a TripAdvisor review. And hotels live and die by TripAdvisor reviews. Guess how many people post publicly on social media from, from a hotel? One out of every 10 guests. So it's orders, it's, it's 200 times more content. So, so the amount of data and how genuine that data is, because this is not someone, I mean, I look at the TripAdvisor review, I know it's a great company, I still use it, but I look at a TripAdvisor review, I don't know the person that left a TripAdvisor review. I look at an Instagram post and if one of my friends posts from a restaurant, I may put that restaurant on my list of places to go to next weekend. So, so and, and, and that's where, you know, it goes back to this idea that the best marketing is a French recommendation. When people are posting on social media publicly from a location, that is an implicit recommendation, an implicit review of, of this place. Unlike the TripAdvisor review or the Yelp review that only the people that are looking at that particular location get to see it, my friends and followers are going to see what I post from a location. And that is so powerful uh, to the point that a restaurateur gets to the conclusion that Instagram is driving most of their business. And, and, and I think that that is the power of geosocial. The era of social for the sake of social is over. And this is starting with businesses that have locations. They can connect the dots between social activity, not what they are posting, not what they are amplifying, but what, they, what their consumers are posting and amplifying for them and how that leads to business for them. Well, we certainly trust each other so much more than we trust businesses. And, and that genie is not going back in the bottle. And certainly next year, you need to be start thinking about your geosocial strategy if you have an actual uh, business or the physical location. Other things you should be thinking about doing next year are these. A, read the Business Leader's Guide to Becoming a Social Business, a free ebook from our friends at Salesforce Marketing Cloud, which tells you how to assess the skills of your current social team, track missed opportunities, which may in fact include geo-local, position your social media for real success, and analyze the results in ways you haven't in the past. Grab it at bit.ly slash social business guide. That's bit.ly slash social business guide, all lowercase. Two other things you should do. One, if you like this show, and you probably do because you're listening to it, you should also think about this year, either yourself or telling the appropriate person on your team to check out our sister shows, the Content Pros podcast hosted by Randy Frisch and Anna Harak. Unbelievable, very similar to this show. You can find that at contentprospodcast.com and the experience this show hosted by Joey Coleman and Dan Gingas, all about digital customer service and customer experience. 
totally different kind of format, lots of fun and games and different bits on that show. Really interesting uh, format of that show. You can get that at experiencethisshow.com. Adam. Back to you. Jay, thank you. And uh, you're right, experiencethis.com. Uh, great, uh, great show and great site for that show. I hope everybody will, uh, will, will check that out. Carlos Garcia, CEO and co-founder of Hyper. So great to have you on the show. Uh, you mentioned a little bit earlier, Carlos, that uh, Hyper is a startup. You're, you're about two years old and obviously doing some pretty transformational things Um for for Marriott, for 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 PepsiCo, and, and and a variety of other really great large uh, organizations, I'm curious, kind of how you got to this point. You're a, you're a co-founder of Hyper. I know this isn't your first uh, social or Silicon Valley startup. Would love to kind of hear kind of what the what the past decade or so has has looked like for you, and any insights you can give to our listeners who are thinking about maybe doing their own startup. Well, uh, thank you, Adam. And, and I would say, like any entrepreneur, you sort of dismiss what you have done in the past as practice rounds for what you are doing now. And in in my case, you know, like I've started two companies previously. We we've, we've had those companies have been acquired, so so we took them all the way to an exit, minor exits. Um, but that definitely shaped what we are doing now. And I, and I can say that even though Hyper is a two-year-old company. I feel like I have been building hyper throughout my career and I can see the common thread of the, the work that we did our first company. It's an online scrapbooking service. We got to about three and a half million users. We were one of the first 12 apps on Facebook and, and we ended up selling that company here in Palo Alto to, to one of our competitors at that time, uh, to Mixbook. And then the, the second company was a social marketing agency. And I went back to Miami. I lived in Miami for many years. I went back to Miami. I built a social marketing agency. We wouldn't call ourselves an agency. We would say that we were a social marketing accelerator for for global brands. And um, we were very fortunate to have amazing partners, including Marriott International back then, but also Netflix. And, and many of the relationships that we have jump-started hyper with started back there as well um, and and that was a journey of becoming really good growth hackers in social for uh, for top brands like Netflix and, and and also for Mozilla we got Firefox um, a Guinness record for most downloads in one day and all of those things you know like have shaped who we are um, and the team that we have formed here at hyper as you look back uh, on your experience with these startups, as you look back with your experience as the agency or accelerator, as, as you call it, and your experience with Hyper, you are fortunate to work with so many different types of marketers, of communicators, of customer service representatives. As you look at kind of what you're working with them in, in regards to geo and location-based data, are you seeing any kind of common mistakes or challenges that they're having? And these can be things that you can resolve with, with hyper or just questions and issues that they're, that they're coming up with. Are they trying to use geodata where geodata isn't necessary? Are they, are they trying to be at a point that might be too intrusive for their, their customer or prospect? What are the, what are the mistakes that you're seeing uh, brands, uh, brands make? And you don't have to certainly mention any of your customers or, or brands that you're working with. 
Well, we, we have been able to, fortunately, we have been able to um, cherry pick the brands that we want to work with. And um, we've been very fortunate to have them as partners because we, we see other brands. Sometimes we get into conversations where brands want to use our platform to pretty much spam people and, and push offers to, to people. And, and what we have learned is that engaging in a conversation the same way that a friend would, um, liking the post of someone that is posting from your location, something as lightweight as, as just a like or a follow or a, or a brief comment, brings those uh, those people, uh, you know, it, it brings affinity between the person and the brand, the person that is on location on the brand. And um, so I would say that the brands that are doing it right are definitely looking at the opportunity to proactively engage and elevate experiences. The ones that have a, an approach of let's just offer a 10% discount or something like that, in, in those cases that tends to backfire. And uh, we are uh, obsessed with making sure that marketing is delightful for, for consumers. That has been our guiding light as we build the platform and, and will continue to be so as we continue to grow the company. Boy, I love the way you frame that up, that, that marketing is about uh, being delightful. I think if everybody took that approach, it'd be a much different world. Really, really uh, appreciate those sentiments. Carlos Garcia is CEO of Hyper has been our guest this week. I should mention that Hyper is spelled H-Y-P, the number three, r.com so if you're uh, frantically trying to find their url on your browser as you're listening to the show that's probably why you're having some troubles hyp3r.com carlos we're going to ask you the two questions that we've asked all 297 prior guests on the program they are these number one what one tip would you give somebody who's looking to become a social pro be proactive and strive to be surprisingly human. Change that dynamic from reacting to the negative and mitigating crisis to proactively elevating customer experiences. Love that. Well said. Yeah, it's really good. And the last question for Carlos Casillas, CEO of Hyper, H-Y-P-3R.com for all your geo-social needs. If you could do a Skype video call with any living person, who would it be and why? You know, I struggled with this one and I had like three people on my list, but I would have to say it's Barack Obama. And uh, the reason for that is I met him briefly at a fundraiser years ago and I was so impressed with the charisma and, you know, like the, the way that he shakes your hand, you know, like all that, that, that I would love to have a longer conversation with him. Yeah, I tell you what, I I come from politics. That was my original career before I became a marketer. So when I was just a young boy, I managed political campaigns and was involved with a lot of races at, at every level of politics, all the way up through presidential. And that's the one thing that is true of almost every politician, regardless of where they are in the ideological spectrum or or how much you believe them or disbelieve them. That that charisma is is almost universally uh, a big part of of their success factor, and certainly. Uh, President Obama has that 
in spades. It would be spectacular to have him uh, as a guest on a Skype video call. And someday, we've talked about this in the past, Adam, someday we're going to try and get uh, President Obama on on social pros, uh, because certainly uh, a, an extraordinary uh, social media success story. So we're going to keep endeavoring. Now the guy's got more free time. I don't see why he wouldn't come on the show. <laughs> and, and Jay, he's one of the most popular uh last two question respondents, correct? Yes. Yeah. I, we haven't done the, we haven't done the analysis lately. Uh, but the last time we did it, uh, the, the most frequently mentioned, uh, people that, uh, our guests want to have a Skype call with was Elon Musk, Barack Obama. And I think Oprah is a distant third, but, but those two are, are neck and neck. So Carlos, an excellent answer and one that, uh, we, we, Uh, support wholeheartedly. Thank you so much. Thanks to you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this episode of Social Pros. Thanks as always. Happy New Year from Adam and myself. We love each and every one of you. Welcome again, as I mentioned at the top of the show, to our new listeners. Hey, if you're a new listener and you're just discovering Social Pros, it would be super fantastic if you went on wherever it is that you get podcasts and leave us a review. That would be super great. And also just a a reminder, as Adam pointed out, that every single episode of this program is available at socialpros.com. So every audio recording, transcriptions, of every show, all the show notes, all the links to special resources mentioned by our guests, our sponsor acknowledgement, all that stuff at socialpros.com. So take a look at that if you haven't. Until next week, I am Jay Baer from Convince and Convert. He is Adam Brown from Salesforce Marketing Cloud. Our special guest has been Carlos Garcia, CEO of Hyper. This has been Social Pros. Thanks for listening to Social Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to socialpros.com for a complete show archive and for our greatest hits. Social Pros is sponsored by Convince & Convert, Salesforce Marketing Cloud, and by Yext. And it's produced by my team and I at Convince & Convert Media. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, visit us at convinceandconvert.com.